You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. Brian and I are such big fans. It is a wonderful atmosphere, great food, great drinks, the coldest beer in the Metroplex or anywhere else. You can find it at Boomer Jacks. And if you're a big fan of wings like Brian and I are, you're going to want to go to Boomer Jacks on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. That's because on Tuesdays they have half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they're great deals, great specials the rest of the week as well. Drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, Love the food there. My wife and I love the pepperoni flatbread. The kids love the tableside s'mores that you can get. And it's a great atmosphere if you're looking for somewhere to do dinner with the family, have a happy hour with the coworkers, go watch the game somewhere with your buddies. Boomer Jacks is the perfect setup. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Uh, our favorite time of the show where we turn things over to our dear sweet listeners for their thoughts, their questions. Let them drive the content here for a little bit. Uh, question from Tim B. Is Marvin Mims, wide receiver from Oklahoma, a yeah. realistic option for the Cowboys on day two? Uh, man, I don't know that Marvin Mims gets all the way down to you in day two, but uh, in terms of your second round pick. But Brian, your thoughts on if you think Marvin Mims could be there for you at your second round pick? Yeah, I tell you what, Bob. I, I I think on my board, I think he's got a shot on my board. Now we'll see if, but there's. We mentioned this again, and I, I love the fact we had Brian Baldinger on today because we got to talk about some wide receivers. But where people have flowers, Downs, Scott from Cincinnati is a guy that that people have talked about. Mims. These are shorter receivers. That in what order do people have? It might be Flowers, Mims, Downs, Scott. It might be Downs, Mims, Flowers. You know, what I mean, yeah. shorter wide receivers. If you could figure out that 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 dynamic, you might be ahead of the game here. But I I feel like with Mims, again, the guy we a guy I super trust, a guy I know you trust, and a longtime colleague of ours. You know, with Dane Brugler, he's got Mims as his 72nd best player. But if you want to think about the young, excuse me, the young, the the shorter wide receivers, Flowers at 39, Downs at 42, Scott at 48, Mims at 72. You know, that's where he's got these guys kind of ranked. So uh, he feels like that maybe you can get Mims a little bit later uh, in this uh, in this draft. Question here from Chris Hodnett. I have not heard anything on this, Brian. I don't know if you have either, but do you know if there are any plans to fill the Brian Schottenheimer, Ben McAdoo type of role on the staff this year? Have you heard any chatter about that? No, I, I haven't. And I think that's something that we, that will probably, when we get to 
Oxnard maybe might be. Yeah, something. that's a that's a role we uh, like. I remember Schottenheimer. It's we kind of an important role because, yeah, and, and they they don't start chattering about it generally. Yeah. A little closer to the year. It's almost like they want to conceal it. Yeah, and I think that's you know, but there's been some talk about Jerry Jones wanting to consolidate the staff, and but I know for Dan Quinn that talking to defensive players over there. They loved Schottenheimer and what he was able to do. Ben McAdoo, I mean, let's if it's not if it's not you know broke, don't fix it kind of a thing. You know, Ben McAdoo did a really nice job. Dan Quinn, the first year out of the blocks, look what the defense did. The improvements they made. They get Brian Schottenheimer. You know, boom, look what it does. Defense got better. The defensive players swore by Brian Schottenheimer and the way he was able to prep them. You know, where he'd come up and say, "Hey, listen." Get ready for Philadelphia. When they do the RPO, this is how they're going to do it. Get ready for the commanders. You know, when they run this route with the tight end with Logan Thomas and they drag, this is what they're going to do. I mean, there were some defensive players that absolutely swore by what uh, Brian Schottenheimer was helping them with. Question here from Astute Fanatic. Is the change in the scouting department, uh, and then he puts in parentheses, loss of good scouts, the last year going to affect the Cowboys hit rate this draft. Now the Cowboys obviously uh, lost Drew Fabianich, uh, national scout who had been with them for a number of years. Uh, Last February, Lionel Vital uh, had uh, resigned, left the team. Um, So, so they had a little bit of turnover. um, But in general, uh, I I still think the Cowboys have a really strong scouting staff. Klein Kubiak is a guy they elevated to a national scout. Um, Chris Vaughn, who had done a great job. The Southeast, another one. Uh, Ross Winchie was elevated from the West Coast to a national scout. So they kind of just divvied up the responsibilities a little bit between some of their area scouts, elevated them to national, and kind of changed some things up. But I think the Cowboys have shown such a strong hit rate with their scouting staff over the last decade that I I, I would trust that they responded the right sort of way to to losing guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I uh, I have the utmost respect for Drew Fabianich. Uh, when I started with the Cowboys, um, well, actually, I'd been with the Cowboys two or three years, and then he came in. Larry Lacewell hired him, and he'd been with the organization a long time, and uh, he he did a, a very nice job, and he moved on for some other opportunities. Uh, but, yeah, they still have a lot of the, the same philosophies. They still have Will McClay. They still have Chris Hall over there. They still have some guys, Sam Garza, you know, you mentioned a lot of guys and, you know, that's the thing about it. It's really about the process that they go through and the way they put their board together. But, you know, the, the fact that you still have will in that, in that position, in that command position to kind of orchestrate what they're doing, I think they'll continue to continue to draft. Well, question here from John, in your opinion, which position out of running back tight end receiver or offensive line would be most shocking not selected in this draft. So like in any round, Brian, one through seven, which position would you be most shocked if they didn't draft a single guy at the position? I said wide receiver, tight end. Running back and offensive line. I would find all of those probably – I think they're going to come out of the draft with one at all those positions. So I'd be surprised if any – The shocking would probably be receiver – to me because I think they've they've already they've brought in Brandon Cooks I think they're going to lean into you know still believe in Jalen Tolbert yeah I guess if the board fell a certain way I could see them coming away with that one there but 
man, running back, tight end, and offensive line, I'd be very, very surprised if they didn't get one of those. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. I think that they're, you know, we'll see about Tolbert and all that, and we'll see what, you know, again, what Baldy mentioned about Gallup, you know, can – I think there was more to Gallup than just the knee injury, and hopefully he got those things behind him uh, going forward. So uh, I think I think wide receiver would be the one, it, you know, if they didn't draft one. But the other ones you mentioned, tight end. And well, let's see what they think about Ball and well, let's go and Farniak. You know mm-hmm. that I mean that might be something that we're not totally thinking of right now. But Chuma Doga. Yeah, and Adoga. Yeah, you mentioned that. Uh, so I, I, I kind of feel like that that uh, all those positions, the, a position that I, I could see them not even looking at. I wonder if they're going to look at edge. Would be one that I, you know. Interesting. Now, yeah. and I, I say that, but let me let me give you a name. Let me give you a name of of a guy, Earl Johnson from Liberty. Okay, and he is a guy. 6'3", 251. I watched him last night, okay, for Liberty, because I'm hearing whispers this was a 30-visit guy. And I didn't know a whole hell of a lot about him, but I got a tip to watch this guy. And sure enough, Liberty, edge rusher, maybe a little bit later in the draft, I put him myself in the fifth round. And so he's kind of in that mode uh, where you know all of a sudden you you got an opportunity and maybe you picked up a pick along the way or whatever and but keep an eye idea on Duriel Johnson a uh, edge from Liberty worth your time to take a peek at if you can. Question from Doc: Who should we be talking about at twenty six that we aren't and how would they impact the team? So okay, I mean it's it's tough. I think to just uh, generally, I think we're talking about everybody who would be in contention around that pick. It's, it's tough to just completely not have any chatter. If you want to say maybe somebody who there's been a little, you know, maybe there's not been enough chatter about, uh, and not that it's necessarily likely, uh, Brian, I'll throw out the name Drew Sanders. I don't think there's been enough discussion yeah. of the possibility of Drew Sanders here. Um, not that that's likely, but I mean, there. who knows if there's a, a time where he might be the top pick. Also, with, with their targeting of tight ends, I know everybody keeps throwing out Kincaid and Mayer at the top. I just think it's still worth watching to see that Musgrave could be in that same group for them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think you're on to something. I'm going to throw a position at you that would shock me if they drafted it, but maybe the value of the player, and I might be way off on the, on what the player is, but Brian Branch from Alabama, the safety. I like Branch. And, okay, he can play slot. He can play back. He can play up. He's a guy that's a really good tackler. He, he plays the what they call the star position at Alabama. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's a really, really good tackler. If, if you're going to mention a guy, a position we haven't talked about at all, keep an eye on Brian Branch. I mean, it would be it would be like whoa that was that was the that was the curveball that we got you know right there. But he he's likely the first safety off the board, and there's talk that he might go earlier earlier than where Dallas is picking at twenty six. But if he somehow got to you at twenty six, I wonder if they would consider drafting because I kind of feel like you know the safety position is something that you're 
and you're in a little bit of flux with when you're talking about how many years guys left have left on contracts and stuff like that. So maybe, maybe, maybe Brian Branch safety from Alabama, if it got to it, maybe he might be in the mix. That's Brian Branch corner from Alabama, by the way. Uh, I, I play Brian Branch at corners. safety myself. <laughs> you know what? I would just trust whatever Joe Witt and Dan Quinn wanted to do with him. If he got here, I would just well, blindly trust however they'd want to put him out there, to be honest. And, well, and, uh, and I'll tell you I what, do. our guy, our guy uh, Overshone from uh, from Texas, I've, I've heard that they might be looking at him as an edge instead of as a, a linebacker. He so, is somebody who can have an impact at all three levels of the defense. He's exciting and intriguing in a lot of ways. Yeah, very raw, and you, yeah. you're 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 going to have an outside linebacker. He's an outside linebacker that's got some that's got some size to him. Let me get you exactly what outside linebacker who transitioned from safety and now they think right. He's an edge. Right. <laughs> right. He's six three. He's two twenty nine. I wonder if they kind of feel like they could put some weight on him that he can maybe be a guy that might be like that. Like Micah Parsons, kind of a player, a linebacker, mm. edge, kind of a a rusher, but he's a he's a he's a guy that I know that might be tinkering with a little bit on his position. That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Brian Baldinger for stopping by and joining us. Uh, a lot of great insight there, and uh, we will be back with you guys again later this week. Until then, we'll talk to you later. <laughs>